4: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
5: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
4: And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to talk
5: about breaking news from a long time ago or breaking news from Buena Vista and Riverside. An (laughs) intersection right now full of uh, people out there uh, striking, uh, braving the heat, cars honking. It's pretty wild out there. And we are going to be talking about the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strike that has um, not only kept going for WGA, but has begun for SAG. We're going to talk about that, how it affects us, some comments uh, from Bob Iger. We're going to go into it all here on 4Center and do it in an honest fashion. But before we get to all that, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have a 4Center recommends uh, something we think you could uh, maybe try out on us Why uh, you're not watching shows and all those good things. We'll get to that here. But we also, Joseph, do have an ask and I guess we'll say an update on something that has been in that ask for a bit.
1: That is right. We are still uh, promoting, letting people know about our Patreon. So many people have uh, joined us for what uh, was... Uh... Uh, maybe it still it still is for me. Maybe it still is for some people. Uh, the summer of Indiana Jones, we had so much fun uh, doing the Indiana Jones and the Perilous podcast, building up to Dial of Destiny. Those episodes were exclusive to Patreon. They're available to everybody publicly now, but it was a big push for Patreon and a ton of people joined us. Uh, They've joined our community on Discord and we really, really appreciate that. So if you're interested in checking out uh, what the Patreon might have to offer for you, you can go to patreon.com slash force center. Now, another thing we've been doing with Patreon is uh, is building toward goals, financial goals. If we get to this uh, amount of money a month, we're going to be able to have the elbow room to do cool things. And one of those cool things that we unlocked is uh, a new YouTube series, Jedi Beat, the YouTube edition, which was going to be premiering today. (laughs) However, life. Uh, And at this point, I want to hand it over uh, to Jennifer, who's been working on Jedi Beat to explain a little bit what's going on from her unique perspective.
4: Yes, so uh, as some of you all may know, there is a strike happening with the WGA and now SAG-AFTRA, and I am a member of SAG-AFTRA, and so I've actually re- reached out to my representative to get a little bit more clarity, but as it stands right now, I am not allowed to promote a struck company, which means I can't promote Disney, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Marvel, none of that stuff. Uh, so that is put a pause on my Jedi beat because guess what? I'm talking about star Wars and I mentioned <laughs> Disney plus. And even though, uh, I'm talking about 1975, uh, and 76 and 77, I just want to be a little bit extra cautious and not get, uh, blackballed <laughs> by my union.
6: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about all those, uh, details later. What is uh, crisp and crystal clear and what is hard to figure yeah. out and what it, what it means for force center. We're definitely going to be diving into all of that, but, Ah, uh, this is a brand new show that you're starting, and you are directly a member for for Aftra and definitely need just more more uh, uh, clarity on this from from your reps, right?
4: Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm so excited; it's finally done. Uh, <laughs> it's ready uh, to go, but once I find out the official word, then we can release it or wait.
5: <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful, indeed. So in the meantime, you can continue to support us, like Joseph said, at patreon.com slash force center. We're excited uh, to get that uh, Jedi beat out to you. And like Joseph said, we're also going to go into more details of how this, uh, uh, you know, directly affects us, our involvement and thoughts. But all the details coming soon here. We do want to talk about life or Star Wars adventures. Uh, All of this is part of uh, our lives as uh, people out here uh, in uh, the entertainment industry. But uh, other things happened. Uh, I was on a train. Joseph was on a plane. Uh, Jen, if you could have been on a boat, we've just complete completed <laughs> all modes of transportation. <laughs> so life adventures, Jen. Uh, where did uh, where did life take you?
4: It took me to Western Costume in North Hollywood. Um, <laughs> I was really excited. That was going to be where I was going to do my what's called stand ups to introduce my Jedi beat and end my Jedi beat episode. Mm. Um, I had grand visions and I get, Oh, so the reason why Western costume is special is because Star Wars actually used five spacesuits from Western costumes. So I think one of them was Uh. from lost in space, the TV show. Uh, another one was from a 1950 film destination moon. So I thought this would be a good backdrop for me. Right. Uh, I went, it is an office building like there's no western costume sign it's just like an office building in the valley and and i just was like and there was a security guard walking around and i'm like do i really don't want do i want to do this right now so i had to find a different location um but yeah that was kind of funny i don't know what i was expecting i was expecting a western costume sign
6: which was- <laughs> a placard maybe
4: yeah, some, something. I, I could have stood by the shipping and receiving. I actually thought about it. I'm like, is this too, this is too ridiculous. Nobody's going to understand why I'm standing by shipping and receiving. So I sc- <laughs> I scrapped that idea. Uh, but that was, that was my uh, week last Ooh. week. That was my Star Wars adventure.
1: Uh, uh, that's really funny. But I mean, <laughs> it celebrates the, the true spirit of the Valley of like, an important thing happened here. It's just a gray building. Yes.
6: Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like George Lucas, I had visions of what I wanted it to be, and it it just did not pan out. <laughs> I have to do a special edition of it.
5: I, was, I I I can't even remember the details to share, but I was watching some documentary recently, as I often do, and uh, uh, they went they they went to like a location like this, and it was like an Office Max, but in the parking <laughs> lot they had a placard, so I was like, at least oh, at least that, like here stood that. that thing. So yeah, but staples staplers are on sale. <laughs> um, so I know you had a big weekend, so, uh, it, whatever you want to share of it, uh, we'll get to that. I, I had a simple direct weekend, uh, surviving the heat here in the Valley, finally hitting triple digits. Uh, but I took a train, I took a train home, I had to go handle some family business on Saturday and uh-huh. I, uh, it involved, a uh, a, a different vehicle that I now own versus my 2002 beat up rebel alliance of a Mustang is, uh, slowly mm-hmm. uh, being headed, uh taken out to the pasture um so uh i've, I've ridden trains before but uh, you know it was it was it was such a wonderful experience uh to sit there uh early in the morning leave for burbank head up to san luis obispo uh, read, yeah. I, I read star wars inquisitor rises the red blade i got into that book mm. um, really enjoy uh, i think delilah s dawson is one of our best star wars writers out there uh, on the publishing side and and um this is only adding to her legend in my mind. It's been fun to read. That wrote a song, uh, edited a video, had a snack. It was so relaxing. It was peaceful. It was, as we often say, Qui-Gon-like. I just felt <laughs> it was in tune uh, with things. Um, but then, yeah, uh, um Star Wars uh, didn't find me in, in a weird way other than getting a chance to read that book. It was just a good chance to relax. Uh, then come back to some of the storms of the real world, both in some <laughs> uh, places, a place where I work has a storm brewing, just this town, the business, the industry has a storm brewing. So uh, it reminded me to to find peace and enjoy it and be present for that peace. Uh, when you can and when you experience it. It's not always easy, but uh, a snack on a train will, will help you find some peace. <laughs>
1: uh, I love this story. I, I, I don't know if this is uh, true for everyone, but I think it's true for a lot of people when you've been uh locked down in your office or living room or kind of just tied to your computer or whatever. uh, That little bit of letting go of of control of just being on a moving vehicle that mm-hmm. you, you can't get off of... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) unless you're indiana jones without shattering every bone in your body um (laughs) it 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 gives you this sort of qui-gon at the laser gate just like Mm -hmm. you can flow more because a a lot of the different things the inputs aren't there and you're you're just i'm here in this moment i can't be anywhere else so my mind will drift away and it finds all these things
5: it was you know and even uh, i i as a plane traveler i love traveling on planes I find myself just listening to music, sleeping or zoning out. Maybe I watch a movie on the back of a chair, but like, uh, you know, I'll I'll watch, uh, if I fly with Grace, she'll pull out out her laptop and do some work. Uh, Mark Ellis will pull out some laptop and uh, do some work. And I'm like, I've tried and I can't. I just, there's something like to what you're saying, Joseph, and I think it applies to the plane, but when you're on the ground and you're just staring out at the hills, you're normally driving by, it just adds to this like... (laughs) What can I do? And I uh, got a lot done. So, anyways, yes, love what you said there about that. But you, sir, we're on a plane. And I want to shout out our four center listeners who last week we, we, uh, we did an episode. And in the episode, Joseph and I had so much fun talking, diving deep. But Joseph had to catch a plane, <laughs> and the episode ended, and people were tweeting, did Joseph catch his plane? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I
1: did. I did push it a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> thankfully, the lift driver showed up and it was a great lift driver. And, and I, I squeaked in in time uh, <laughs> at the airplane, airport to uh, have a martini at uh, the Barney's Beanery. <laughs> in the airport. Oh, oh
4: yeah. 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 Which
1: is the first time I'd been mm-hmm. in, a, in a Barney's Beanery. I'm ashamed to say. Anyway. <sighs> uh, yeah, I, I, I had a great experience uh going back home to Minneapolis uh, to visit I it's great mm-hmm. I had a similar experience to you on, on the train which is I think why I'm kind of obsessing on it is mm-hmm. uh, I've been working so hard on this short film I, I stayed up for 24 hours at one point earlier this week trying to get it to where it needed to be so I could go visit uh, Minneapolis and when I got on the plane it was just like oh I'm not tied to a computer (laughs) (laughs) Uh, don't need to send any emails and I just had my notebook and ideas were just flowing it was great Um, Mm. but the reason for my visit to Minneapolis is uh, I almost always travel for shows Uh, and there's a convention I always do in Minneapolis and I made the hard choice to skip it this year partially to work on the short film but partially because I just can never kind of sink in and do things with family and friends. It's always like a just a quick drive-by while I'm doing the shows. So I really wanted to make a point this summer to just visit um, mainly to to see my father because uh, my father and I have this kind of long list of we should do that someday things. Mm. Um, and I, I got to see uh, some some other friends, nowhere near as many as I wanted but it's mo- it was mostly just uh a trip back home to see my father. And uh, in terms of a Star Wars adventure, mm. it, the whole weekend was a little bit the spirit of your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. Um, <laughs> but it was more experiences, uh, memories, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, it wasn't a lightsaber. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, a lot of fun things. It was like a... It, it, I looked at back at my photos, and it was like almost like a parody of, like, a, a happy father-son
6: montage.
1: <laughs> we went biking <laughs> by a lake, uh, and I helped him fix his 1950 panel truck, and he let me drive it for a few blocks.
5: And- Did you start throwing soapy, wow. like, water each- at each other while you're <laughs> watching the car, Was it just
6: amazing?
1: <laughs> pretty close. Pretty close to to, to that, and um, he taught me to play the drums, as I've mentioned many times, so uh, yeah. we, we played the drums together a little bit, because he's been working hard to get his chops back, and I'm a little bit rusty, so we exchanged playing the drums and, uh, did, did some conversation about that. And there's some family history that I've never asked him about. So I was able to just really interview him about some family history. So it was a really great moving trip, you know, as well as being back in Minneapolis in the summer, which is just gorgeous in the summer. Um, so it was a wonderful time. Uh, the only real concrete Star Wars adventure is I stopped in an antique store that had uh, the original prune face action figure for a hundred dollars. And I almost bought it. Whoa!
5: Oh yeah. Almost on principle. You almost got it. Oh wow. That's,
1: that's cheap for prune face. Yeah.
6: Yeah. (laughs) That's, Pretty good. Uh,
1: uh, Prune face bargain basement. So anyway, probably more uh, more thoughts from that visit will uh will bubble out at some point. But that was my
5: life in Star Wars adventure. Yeah, you know, I saw you post those pictures. Number one, it's always cool you to see a rock in the drums, but uh you could yeah, that's one of those trips that's gonna last uh last your lifetime. And uh mm. I'm glad you got to experience that. So Oh yeah. Glad you got to catch the plane after a podcast. What a <laughs> exactly. twenty three thing to say, but yeah, There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was uh, life, but now for some more real life, uh, we're going to some Star Wars news And as we said up top, we are talking about what I'm calling a dual strike because it sounds just a little bit more powerful than (laughs) strikes. But yes, as uh, most of you know, as Jim mentioned up top this past week, Screen Actors Guild uh, and uh, AFTRA, which has television and radio and all those kind of things in it. I always forget what it stands for. But SAG joined the WGA in a strike against the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. If uh, (laughs) you want to choose a name that sounds even more villainous, that's the one. Uh, Productions have stopped. Promotions and appearances have stopped and the strike uh seems to be going uh and set to go here for a while uh we will see about that but no one truly knows and we can hope for the best and hope for a quick solution but we want to dive into this and dive into it uh, as honest as, as we can um as as a four center team as individuals as people in this town as fans of this stuff mm-hmm. as uh um, three people that um have friends on the lines, on those sidewalks, uh, uh, all those things are going on. Um, so we're going to dive into uh, this, our thoughts on the strike as it stands now. We want to be um, open and honest, like I said, about what it represents for us and for the podcast going forward. Uh, and 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 some of that we'll say, we'll say right now, we don't have all the answers. We're gathering our thoughts and we're trying to gather clarity. As you said uh, that word before, Joseph, here today, uh, I think it's appropriate. So, um, Jen, I actually think, uh, you know, let's start with you uh you as a said up top are SAG member uh I am SAG eligible Joseph uh, I don't know your status but I know you also have been shooting films and working with SAG through those films so yes yeah. I'm SAG yeah. friendly and got SAG contracts yeah yes yeah. <laughs> so we are all uh, affiliated in some way or another. but Jen uh you've been a long time SAG member so uh, thoughts on this strike let's dive into this let's see where we go with
6: this
4: yeah, my uh, I remember when I first got my SAG card and how, how much it meant and how important it was because they did offer a lot of protections as an actor because actors are taken advantage of so often and you'll be working incredibly long hours and not get compensated for your work or the whole thing with residuals, you know, they're using your likeness and especially now with social media. I mean, I'll I'll have a friend who I was seeing his face on Twitter so much. And if that had been airing on television, He would have been, you know, getting some money from that, but because it's on social media, it's just like a buyout and they're just running it like crazy. And at some point we have to draw a line in the sand, especially now with AI. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but it just is horrible that the studios wanted to scan background performers pay them for one day and then the company would own that scan their likeness for the rest of eternity and use it on any project they want with no consent and no compensation which to me is insane. Like that takes the idea of stock photo, which I have done. You mm-hmm. know where they go and they, they take my picture, and then anybody can use that photo, and they paid me, you know, a couple thousand bucks, and I'm still seeing my face on dentist ads that I
6: never <laughs> was
4: compensated for. But that's like that's crazy. Yeah. Like the idea of scanning and mm-hmm. AI, and so that's that's what we're fighting for, um, and I think. This doesn't really affect, I mean, yeah, I guess it affects Brad Pitt and Meryl Streep, obviously they're there, but it really affects like the middle and lower tier actors because like we need to make a certain amount of money, $26,470 a year to qualify for health insurance. And one of the ways that you can qualify for health insurance is through your residuals. And if the studios are not giving you what you deserve, that's why you have so many actors who are working on hit shows who still don't have health insurance. Um, So it's a really important strike, but I am concerned because if it's not resolved by Christmas, Mm -hmm. the next year, we're Mm -hmm. all like fans. Everybody's going to be feeling it because there won't be any new TV shows or films, which means that some people might cancel their subscriptions to streaming platforms, which means that studios and production companies will lose their revenue, which means that when we're able to go back to work, they won't be able to produce as much con content. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'll say is that Hollywood is a big business for us domestically and internationally. We export a lot of films globally. So for this business to come to a halt, it is going to have devastating consequences, not just to the actors and the writers, but to the crew who also have now, you know, are they're, they've lost their work. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people who just leave the industry and can't and can't come back specifically, probably like people of color who don't come from, you know, we don't come from generational wealth mm-hmm. and we, or anybody that doesn't come from generational wealth and can't, uh, sustain a mm-hmm. year long strike. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, important, but also, um, concerning.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, no, well said and, and honest, uh, as always, uh, Jen and yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I had a conversation this weekend. I won't say it was with my dad, but it might have been, um, where he, I just can't support these millionaires asking for more money. And it's like, dad, that's not why, What's not why even the millionaires are on strike. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you try to relate it personally. I think the biggest, uh, one of the biggest problems we humans have is if it doesn't affect you directly or you can't connect to it directly, you just uh, have an easier time distancing yourself from it all. Um, I think that uh, applies to um, big social issues and everything. It's just kind of the way of it, but it's also the truth. And, and it's like, you know, <sighs> looking at uh, what my partner does, Grace, who's, who's been a long time, dec- decades long member of, of SAG and, and and who gets, uh, you know, you need to audition to get on the work. That's not always your choice. Uh, you can certainly submit, but if you have agents and managers in a team, as she does, um, you get called in. And that is a, two to sometimes seven day or longer process
6: where mm-hmm. you're,
5: you're putting hours of work into something that is uh, uh you know you hopefully get you it's an odd, a job audition a job interview so to speak um and, and but you're not compensated for that and you can't work on other things while you're doing that or you got to concentrate and and it's it, it and to folks like and i'll just say like my dad it sounds like a sob story but it's like uh in the meantime we're not surviving right and and mm-hmm. it's about that, and this isn't, and we talked about it before, and this is something that I think I've changed over the years on this issue. It's like um, it, 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 this this isn't just uh, fancy dancy uh, artists um, wanting to get more money to get richer it, this is this is a, a labor problem that has only gotten worse from America's Gilded age on to now uh, mm-hmm. and, and the wealth the wealth gap um, growing and the myth. The myth of, uh, uh, you know, just work hard and you too can be a, be a billionaire uh, is 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 just like I said, it's a myth to me. And and this is part of that problem. And that's why I think um, it's a very important fight, though frustrating and some confusing gray area we're going to discuss. There's mm-hmm. some realities to it. I always want to make sure, you know, groups uh, don't become the powers they're trying to fight and da-da-da. That's a George Lucas prequel era thought, but you know, <laughs> um, that's a personal take for me, but but uh, it's it's not just it, Tom Cruise, <laughs> and 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 it is um uh it's crazy uh, the the what some of the stuff that's going on um so that's an opening statement for me uh but Joseph um <laughs> bring you in here on and your overall thoughts uh and, and a lot of this stuff we talked about when WJ went on strike but uh it is um is important to re-, re revisit this as it as it uh, kicks up in higher gear. Yeah,
1: I, I really agree with what both of you are saying. I had some great uh, talks uh, with with people in Minneapolis. Uh, some you know friends who are very uh, well versed. Uh, at least one of my friends, I would I would call him a historian in in union labor issues, and mm.
6: uh, he
1: he was really interested in some of the specifics. Uh, That are specific to to this strike, uh, these strikes with the WGA and and SAG-AFTRA, but but very knowledgeable about how they connect to the entire history of these kinds of battles. Um, uh, Google what Luddite actually means (laughs) in the actual history. There is a Mm -hmm. fascinating time to be looking at things like that and in the entire history of that. And and I definitely did talk to some people who are leaning a little bit more to uh, being in, in line with your you're not dad or your dad, whoever <laughs> might've said that stuff about yeah. Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, I think that is what uh, th- that image is, I- is what frankly the producers are going to lean on of like, what they, they're, yeah. d- who are these people are hands out and this sort of like, what's well, both sides. Everyone in Hollywood is greedy and it's just a bunch of rich people trying to get more rich from everybody else. What, you know, what, why should we care? Um, Mm-hmm. And I think your example, Ken, uh, with your partner, Grace, is is perfect because I want it to be true that if you work really, really hard, you can get by. Mm-hmm. And that's what's, what's going on is people, writers, and I know this personally from trying to do it myself, from knowing people who are succeeding or half succeeding at doing it, uh, same thing with actors, the things that are being fought in these strikes are people are working as hard as they possibly can they are putting up unfair money up front to try to get their foot in the door and a yep. system is being created where their good hard frankly traditional values American work mm. hard it can't be rewarded they're being no. set up in a, <laughs> in a trap and that's what's being fought not uh, not Brad Pitt and, and Bob Iger fighting over five mm-hmm. bucks <laughs> yeah. between one another, neither of whom needs it, you know, it mm-hmm. so what, what's not going on, uh, uh, what, um, so I, I think for me, the, the, big picture of this is that, um, there are, we talked about this with the WGA, but it's now become even more important with SAG. There are some specifics that are, you know, uh, weird or muddy that are so specific to the, the industry of uh, storytelling and entertainment, uh, mm-hmm. But if you step back, it, it's, it's so familiar. It's, it's the boss battle of our time. It, I think mm-hmm. everyone in almost every profession is dealing with things like this, where smaller and smaller groups of people are trying to amass all of the money, all of the power and control, and they're squeezing uh, maybe other rich people a little bit. But for the most part, they're squeezing the middle class and their lower class, and they're making it uh, sure that people can't achieve the the middle class dream that's Mm -hmm. what's happening this is a labor issue um and and then on the ai side of it there is an ongoing desire to automate more and more of our existence and say how can we get the pesky humans out of this Mm -hmm. there's there's Mm -hmm. the financial gain of that but there's also the just the dehumanization of it and We've talked endlessly about, you know, uh, did, did we like Tarkin? Were we okay with a, a CGI Indiana Jones at the beginning of Dial of Destiny? The the various iterations of Luke Skywalker and that fine balance of like, yeah, any anything automated, digital uh, can be a tool, but it has to remain a tool of creativity, not something that uh, r- r- pushes humans out entirely, uh, robs us of creativity uh, financial reward and robs us of our humanity. And and I I go back to our, our train plane floating mind scan Mm -hmm. because so much of our lives are, are caught up in, I am trying to do this flowing organic thing, but there's a rigid, uh, automated system in my, in my way. Um, We joked about when we were in London, Ken. I tried to order a martini. I could see at the bar that they had gin and vermouth. (laughs) The poor server wanted to get me a martini. We could easily communicate as humans. Like, it's put those two bottles together in a slightly chilled glass. Human communication, easy. And this poor, stressed out woman with an iPad who had to enter the order that way just sighed and said, I don't have a button for that. (laughs) and all the AI stuff is it's, it's real technical and it's about money. But for me, it is also about the spirit of it of when it becomes more than a tool, but it becomes a block, a total block to human connection. Mm -hmm. That's, that's frightening as well. And I think that's, what's at stake is, is the financial realities of what they're trying to do. Like just pay people for one day and scan them and, and reuse them. But it's also, what we're making is art. What we're making is connection. And when it goes beyond a tool to a block for connection and, and a block for, for humans uh, interacting with one another, that that's a really big, serious issue that, that affects entertainment, but it also affects all of us. We're all being sort of automated out of connection. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I really like that, uh, and and it's it's important to talk about as as Star Wars fans, um, because I think uh, technological advancements are are often part of Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. How they make it, and and the tech stuff isn't going away. It's always going to be changing. But what you're talking about, you know, you gotta you got to really look at what they're doing with it, right? The the robots come in to build the cars and a lot of humans uh, did lose their jobs in an industry change. But so, so, so what's actually happening, right? Is it, is it just for the sake of it's now easier and better and we have to move forward or is someone coming in and going, Oh, it's easier and better and I can secure my power and profit off of it. Uh, mm. That's what the way I see it. Uh, I, 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 I am someone who has both lost a job to, "Quote unquote," lost a job to AI recently, and also has 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 used it from time to time. For I can organize a resume in ten seconds as opposed to ten minutes. Let me see what. Let me see this. Right. Uh, I, there's a lot of big issues with it where it's take where where AI gets its information and gets its art and gets its pieces. But I also just want to disclose uh, I, I, I'm living in this world with it too. But um, you know, I think of Phil Tippett going. I got some dinosaurs. Oh, we're gone with computers now. Uh, mm-hmm. it's always going to be changing and the, the, there's always, you have to look closely at at, at who's it's, it's affecting and how it's affecting people. But to your point, Joseph, that's the big thing going on right now. It is a, a deconnection from humanity that I think I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with. Um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to fear new tech, but I'm, I'm fearing those who are salivating over how they're going to use it. Right. And and how they're saying it. And you can write a novel in 10 seconds. Like, that doesn't seem good. Um, yes. This
1: mm-hmm. is so is, it, it might look okay. But the truth is, in my opinion, it will be soulless garbage because it ha- will have no human spark.
6: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And <laughs> it, it, is, it is such an important distinction. And I think this is a point where Star Wars and the, the lessons of Star Wars, both the story and the actual history of the humans who mm-hmm. made it, are so instructive. Of, I have, I love technology and I have no problem with it when it's discussed, regulated, made a tool. Star Wars in 1977 was a massive hit, partially because George Lucas, John Dykstra, everybody involved used newfangled technology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to, to visually tell a story in a way that never had been before. And the way that intersects, probably the most dynamic part of that is the entire uh, Death Star run, the trench run. Mm-hmm. And what is the ultimate lesson, the moral of the narrative that was created by this groundbreaking technology is Obi-Wan convincing Luke to let go, not just rely on the machine and be flowing and organic. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be the tension of technology of it's a it's a tool, but we can't let, allow it to be uh, to for us to become rigid and mechanical. We need to remain Flowing and organic, and that's exactly what the unions are fighting about. They're not; they're, they're trying to say we need to really regulate this and agree on how exactly we use it so we don't cross that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
5: have some more thoughts on that, but Jen, I want to make sure um, you get in here too.
4: Oh yeah, no, I mean I think that the the thing is is that w- this has to start right now because the technology is moving so fast, and people, like you said, are already using it, and people are already getting laid off. So we need to address it now. Because if we try and address it five years from now, it'll be too late. Mm -hmm. And so it's really painful. And, you know, obviously we came off of the pandemic and things still have not recovered. But that is why the time is now. And I'm so glad that you made that point, Joseph, that this is a labor dispute. I mean, I I go to my local grocery store and all of a sudden they have only one cashier now, one human Mm -hmm. cashier, because they put in a bunch of self-checkouts. Which is convenient if you have a couple items, but not when I have a cart full of things. Every place I'm going, it is now automated. And in that human connection, which we've already been so deprived from the human connection because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. I'm going out. I'm like, this is my time to socialize. And
6: there's <laughs> nobody
4: there. It's weird. It is really weird. And it is concerning and we have seen this happen throughout history mm-hmm. and does only going to get worse?
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I, I,
5: I think at this point in nine, nine seasons, into the center, we've, we've um, cultivated an audience that um, I don't want to say just agrees with us, but understands us and understands our perspectives. And, and maybe there's things here and there, or maybe you don't love, uh, you know, episode nine as much as we do, but you all kind of are here on the journey with us. But so I, I, I don't want to over explain things or share personal stories, but, but uh, this this is all very Star Wars. I, I so I was as as everyone knows. I started in radio in the nineties. I was I was, I was uh, worked for a radio station, non union uh, uh, gig, but uh, most of them are non union in, in, in radio until you get to a higher level. Uh, I was there when deregulation hit. Um, mm. When um, all the and I, I I do believe it was the the Clinton administration, but it had been long running to be clear and, and fair. But uh, deregulation hit the radio industry. And I, I, I was learning on reel-to-reel. Reel. I used to have to cut commercials uh, by uh, slicing <laughs> the, the, the reel and, and wow. taking the reel back together and putting them onto a cart like I was in a Trans Am from the 70s. I was in that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Last gasp, gasp of, of, of old radio. Hmm. One of my final months, we got a box, a big computer box came in and we could digitally download commercials. We didn't have to make them. We didn't have to cut reels. They sounded better. At at the press of a button, you had a commercial and that made life easier. And then deregulation allowed what it basically, and I'm summarizing years of stuff here, but, you know, one company couldn't come to a town and own seven radio stations. So I worked at a family owned radio station, Uh, da, da, da. Then these corporations were allowed to come in. The technology, look how easy it is. And now, you know what? We don't even need the humans for this. The industry was decimated. Now, technology changed and how you listen to radio. Do you listen to it in your car? Do kids listen to it as much as we did growing up? No, not really. So it went from a job that I could have conceivably had a living in to now yeah. I am on the radio in Pennsylvania. I record it here from Burbank. Uh, I, I do a, a, a four-hour shift every week for about 45 minutes. and I, 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 I get zero dollars for it. There's no money in the industry because of people came in. It's a new technology. This is amazing. How can we use it to our advantage to make our business more profitable at the cost of the people making the content, the art, the radio for us? And I was there at the end of it. I, left, I got laid off in 98 because they had no need for us anymore.
6: Yeah. And that's
5: what caused me to move to LA. So I see that's where I'm at on the fight now. With this Mm. issue and how it could go a lot of different places. And I, you know, I have had no problems with some of the big Star Wars ones lately or the Indiana Jones ones, because I think there's still humanity in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what a slippery slope. And you got folks in high offices ready to push things down that slope. And I think
6: that's Mm -hmm. part of the big fight right now. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I really agree. Got no problem with technology. It's a wonderful tool, but it needs to be discussed and regulated so it can't just be used to abuse
5: workers. Yep. Indeed, indeed. Um, and this is kind of a free form conversation. So thanks for listening <laughs> and hanging out with us. Um, and it's good for me. It's good for me. I, I, I had a lot of thoughts this weekend. A lot of thoughts this weekend. And and uh, some of the areas are confusing. And and we're going to talk a little bit about um I don't know where we think it's going. And, and we want to discuss here. We're not done discussing this. We're going to come back and break in a bit, discuss some of the comments made this weekend. But uh, we, uh, Joseph, kind of want to discuss what is the Force interview going forward. There's a lot of discussion out there in the uh, internet sphere about uh, what do shows like us do? What's the best foot forward? And, and we want to get in that discussion here now.
1: Yep. And I think uh, going to Star Wars and Yoda's just wonderful quote, Always in motion is the future.
6: Okay. Uh, that's
1: where we're starting. We, we discussed, uh, we, we researched the best of ability, our ability, and, and the three of us know some things and just plain don't know some other things. Mm-hmm. So um, w- what we looked at in particular is uh, SeG aftra has some guidelines for influencers. And that is the best category, I think, that we fall under doing a podcast where we are not being uh, paid by Lucasfilm, but we are certainly helping, you know, people get eyes and ears and, and enjoy it. And Aftra, if you just want to Google Sagafra guidelines for influencers, uh, you can take a look at these FAQs and, and see what what we're looking at. And some of them are crystal clear, and some of them have uh, some amount of ambiguity to them. So what we want to do is work hard to figure out how can we best represent our beliefs. In what we want to be, how can we possibly keep talking about Star Wars and celebrate the story and the ideas without supporting a struck company uh, in Disney? So I think there are two key things to that here. Um, on a real practical level, a lot of us trying to figure out what we Ken Can and can't do what we should and shouldn't do. Jennifer is an actual member of SAG, and Ken and I, as people who would be happy to be members or, or supporters in the future, a lot of guidance hinges on accurately identifying what is struck work. So, what is a work that we don't want to basically promote by talking about it because it is being produced by a struck company? Some of the guidance talks about, "Yep, don't don't promote new struck work." Uh, some of the guidance sometimes talks about or work that would have been struck when it was made. Um, so if you go by that, you're talking about like, we shouldn't talk about Casablanca because
6: <laughs> that'd be struck
1: work now. Uh, so th- there's the effort to get, get clarity that we're all in in this moment of trying to, to define struck work in what feels a- appropriate to talk about. Mm -hmm. So that stuff is going through FAQs, uh, reaching out for more guidance, having patience as more guidance comes out as the the strike goes on. But everything that, that I was just speaking about, I think, is letter of the law, going through FAQs, waiting for responses to get clear instruction on what we should and shouldn't do. But then there's the spirit of the thing. So we're definitely looking at the letter of the rules for guidance. But I think what Force Center is going to do to the best of our ability is look at the spirit of it is, does this feel right? Does this feel like what what we're really doing is talking about old ideas of Star Wars and it doesn't feel like promoting uh, Star Wars in in Disney in a way that would be undermining the workers' picketing? Um, And I think under that umbrella, uh, for the spirit of the thing, and probably the letter of the thing, the, the one thing that we know for sure is that we're not going to cover new content until the strike is over. So we are not on Force Center going to discuss uh, Ahsoka, it, it, the show, until the strike is over. And that breaks my heart. And for the, the betterment of absolutely everyone involved, I really hope that the strike ends tomorrow. Uh, I hope it ends before... August twenty third, and and we can get back in the saddle and and be thrilled uh, to discuss Ahsoka. But the one concrete thing we know right now is that's we're being asked not to cover uh, new work from struck companies. Uh, so that's a little bit of a, a overview of what we're trying to figure out. And total honesty, we, like like you can hear, there are some things we know and a lot of things that we don't know or in gray areas and. As we take steps forward, figuring out what we're going to do with the podcast, we're just going to be in a space where we are open and listening and trying to find the best way forward. Uh, How would I do, friends?
5: As always. Good. <laughs> elegant, <laughs> uh, thoughtful, uh, and well said, and honest. And uh, uh, Jen, I, I definitely want to bring you in here because, um, as we said before, we, and we, we keep saying, but you, you are a little more even directly involved in us. And Joseph and I, I would say are pretty directly involved too, but, uh, and, and especially even in my house here, it, it, it affects us uh, with a SAG member in my, my own house. Um, but yeah, it, it, Joseph, you're very right. I think the, sh- the, the right thing and the sure thing to do um, is to not cover Ahsoka. For the sake of being honest, I, I'm still going to watch it. I'm still watching things. I still want those numbers to be up. I want Ahsoka's view, view counts to smash through the roof so that mm-hmm. people understand how value it is. But, but it just seems that to the spirit of the law, uh, for the for the benefit of, of of us personally and the three of us, um, we we are a symbiotic relationship here. Like Boss Mas mm-hmm. should have learned, um, what I say and do on this show affects Jennifer, affects Joseph, and, and all the way around. So we want to do what's right. It just seems right to what Joseph's saying. Uh, it is confusing. Um, the the journalist versus influencer versus consumer press, which is this term emerging that we might be in. Uh, mm-hmm. is, Mm. It's a weird world. You're seeing it a lot, and who gets invited to events? You're seeing a lot of people fighting over who gets invited to events and who doesn't, and who does what, and what can you do? There is not a lot of clarity. Uh, one thing I would say for anyone listening um, to your favorite shows, not just Force Center, to your to your other shows out there, um, your Star Wars Explains, and you know Octo Radios, and your Galactic Pocket, whatever they, whatever you listen to out there, uh, uh, if they make a decision that they feels right for them, um, understand that. Um, uh, there's different, um, you know, some people pay their bills entirely off this stuff. Uh, some people like us pay some of our bills <laughs> off this stuff, some mm-hmm. people, just but, um, they're making the decisions they feel is right for them. Um, and unless there's an overt, uh, desire to, to not support the strike, then, you know, uh, even then measure that as it comes to you. I, I, I've, you know, sh- sh- not shockingly, Twitter's been. A little rough. or social media in general has been a little rough to people as they navigate these waters. Uh, have contracts to go cover events, are invited to events, aren't members, aren't sure what that means. Um, so I'm confident uh, in our decision, even though the decision has some vague grayness that we're trying to navigate. Uh, mm-hmm. We have take patience. Like Joseph said, heartbroken. I, I that that trailer last week has still got me buzzing. I can't. I was
1: I was yeah. flying before I got on the plane. That's what we were talking about. We we were going to talk for like an hour, and I can't re- even remember how long we talked. It, it, I'm I'm so excited for that show, and I so want it to be a triumph for everyone involved for for lots of reasons, mm-hmm. uh, and, and yeah, I hope it still can be.
5: Yeah, yeah, and and I, I'm confident there will be a, a, a conclusion to the the this dual strike here. It might be a while. Um, might be a while. So anyways, that's all my thing too. To echo what Joseph said, uh, that's the one thing we know we're not doing. We're going to figure out what we can do, what we want to do, what would still, you know, we're still going to have force in our content. We're, we, we ain't going away. Um, but to do what's right. Uh, again, and there, there's a lot to lose. Um, Jen, um, you, you you lead that charge. In terms of- <laughs> <laughs> you have to be
6: careful. Yes,
4: yes. I mean, and it's, Very confusing because I am still auditioning for commercials because the commercial contract, we are not on strike. Mm. Uh, I just can't audition for TV and film, which I was like, okay, it seems pretty clear. I'm not a writer. I'm not in WGA. So I can't write any any projects, right? Mm -hmm. That's clear to me. And with SAG, I'm like, well, I'm not in the Barbie movie. So yeah, I'm not going to go around touting that I'm in the Barbie movie. But the whole influencer thing really was where I was like, oh, shoot. That's when I, I, last night I emailed the guys and I was like, I think I can't release my Jedi beat because I am promoting a struck company. Um, And so it's all just a little murky and we're all trying to figure this out. Um, And they're saying, you know, influencers should refrain from posting on social media about any struck companies, whether they are paid or if it's just organic. Hey, I saw the Barbie movie. I loved it. That falls under kind of influencer territory, which is mm-hmm. it's really hard because I hope that they get this resolved before Ahsoka because this is such a big, big event and we want to be able to to talk about it. But I also want to do what's right and support the writers, support my fellow actors. Um, and so we'll just have to wait and see. And also be open to, you know, if we wade into these waters and we do something and somebody calls us out be like okay yeah we we can pivot we can change course mm-hmm. um because i see other people who are like doubling down tripling down and it's like uh, people are calling you out maybe that maybe you should listen yeah to that right yeah so we're all to, figuring this out
5: yeah we want to here, force on to remain uh you know uh, keep our skills our listening skills intact um mm-hmm. uh, what we do uh you know in motion if we need be. And so joseph you had said t- something of like hey there's more things um more things emerge. It's more clarification emerges, or we just kind of get direction from the world. <laughs> way we'll, we'll we'll find our way through it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. exactly. And and I think I think it's really good for Jennifer to highlight some of the specific text because you know we're, we're going mm-hmm. through and trying to figure out like how do we okay, not covering newly made struck work like Ahsoka is pretty easy to figure out but just by talking uh, about o- older episodes of the Mandalorian, that's only available on Disney plus. How does that fit in that, that you can't Google exactly that, but on this influencer guide that uh, Jennifer was quoting, the specific question in the FAQ is uh, for a after AFTRA member. Am I allowed to promote struck work on social media as a fan and not in a paid capacity? And this is what Jennifer was just quoting. The answer is, influencers should refrain from posting on social media about any struck work regardless of whether they're posting organically or in a paid capacity mm-hmm. and and for me i think that that's the thing that, that hits closest to home for for what we're doing for finding the best definition of it so that's mm-hmm. that's part of what we're we're going on and also, just just to make it crystal clear, uh, the, the other part of this uh, FAQ uh, says, how does this apply to me if I'm a non-union influencer? <laughs> <laughs> Ken is a, uh, a, a a union-eligible influencer. I'm a non-union influencer. Uh, <laughs> and it says, any non-member seeking future membership in after who performs covered work or services for a struck company during the strike will not be admitted into membership in SEG aftra So just mm-hmm. for utter clarity, uh, this Q&A is, is, or FAQ is speaking directly to Jennifer because she's a member. Mm-hmm. But the spirit of of what the unions are asking for and support too is, uh, if you're not yet a member and you'd like to be, please follow these rules like you're a member.
6: Hmm.
5: Now, yeah, and for someone like me that works, it's, uh, uh, you know, I've been sitting on that eligible for. I'm not a, acting, it's not my... Primary thing. I had fun on a film recently. I can't wait you all to see it. It, it, <laughs> it, it went my whistle, I'll say. But yeah, uh, I I only have a certain uh, a finite amount of non union projects I could work before I kind of you know uh, before you know it, it, it's it's sometimes confusing if, if I was to work on a union project, eventually I have to join, uh, right. get to that status of of have to join. Um, and so if I hit that wall and they go, they pull out a file. What What's force center? and Why did you talk about this? Uh, it could affect uh, me, my livelihood, uh, my ability to support myself and, and those around me. So that's uh, why also an abundance of caution is needed. Uh, um, you know, uh, Joseph uh, has long been an amazing storyteller, writer and uh, a filmmaker, but he's really high, uh, focusing on it. And I can tell you firsthand, he's a great director. More is going to work. Mm. Um, and and uh, as he works with SAG and tries to do right. That's one thing I'll say about you, Joseph, is, is uh, it, it, as you. Uh, approach the short film process you've really tried to do right by those who work for you and the mm-hmm. that are, they're involved in and that could be costly that could mm-hmm. be confusing <laughs> that could be tough um but uh we we don't want this lifelong passion of star wars this 10 year long passion of force center uh, to to undercut us when we can just be a little more careful. I think we made it clear. I think we're just uh, we want to be extra clear and ask for support <laughs> of our listeners out there. Uh, more than anything, the whole strike is just a problem, and it's a, it's something we want resolved. But also, as a fad, what a bummer! But mm-hmm. itself, and guess what? A little bummer about a Star Wars show that we want to watch is uh, pales in comparison to the larger fight. Uh, well said, Ken. Well said. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're not done talking about this, uh, but we do want to have our Force Center recommend, which I, I think is OK for us to do. <laughs> uh, but we do have a recommendation uh, uh, that can help support the show uh, in the in the process.
1: Yes. Again, see everything we just said about gray areas and figuring out our way forward. But for now, we're going to recommend Star Wars Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade by Delilah S. Dawson. Sounds like Ken got to start reading it. Uh, I have it here in my home. Uh, It's in my living room. So when I left, I turned it upside down. So Sarah didn't need to look at the scary cover all weekend while I was gone. But I can't wait to crack it open.
5: Yeah, yeah. Crack it open. I got to admit something. I hid the cover on the train because I didn't want anyone to ask me about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he just didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to have any conversations about it. And uh, download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash 4Center and going to audibletrial.com slash 4Center for a free audiobook. Yeah, like I said, 50 pages in. And it's been one of my favorite Star Wars reads in a while. So uh, we'll uh, keep talking about that if we can. Uh, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, yeah, we're going to talk about Bob Iker. Stick around here for more 4Center. Welcome back to Force Center. We are talking about Star Wars news. And for right now, Star Wars news is all based in a very harsh reality. Uh, we're going to talk about this uh, set up top. We're going to talk about Bob Iger. Uh, as SAG went on strike and joined the WGA on the lines, Disney CEO Bob Iger made some uh, comments in an interview that were heard and felt by many. Uh, so I- I'm going to be clear. I'm pulling out the quote as reported by uh, the Hollywood Reporter in an article. Uh, we suggest you watch the full clip, full context. Um, but here's what he said, uh, at least part of what he said. Again, it's a large interview, but pulling something. Uh, Bob Eger said, This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. Eger said, adding that he respects, quote, their right and their desire to be compensated fairly, but also that the unions have, quote, uh, have to be realistic about the business environment and what this business can deliver, and that the strikes will cause, quote, huge collateral damage. We managed, as an industry, to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. We want to do the same thing with the writers, and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. There is a level of expectation that they have that is, not just, re- that is just not realistic, and they're adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing. And that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. So uh, we'll go into that. Um, I want to be honest and, and, and definitely speaking for myself. We've, we've spoken positively about Bob Iger in the past and we're here to not uh, deny that. We're here to say, yeah, that's true. Um, there have been uh, positive things to discuss about him, I would say, but, uh, we want to talk about a reaction to this and, uh, how this maybe changes our fandom, fandom relationship with him, uh, Disney or the art we enjoy. Um, uh, just again, have an honest conversation about this. So, uh, Joseph, I, I will start with you. Um, clarity um bring it to the street. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: i love that you brought up not just discussing his comments but that uh we have had positive reactions to him and, and there's mm-hmm. a lot to talk about not uh putting not not putting people on pedestals admiring their mm-hmm. work but letting them be multifaceted Mm -hmm. So um, I I definitely want to talk about that, about the way we we interact with people that we admire or create things that we love. And how can we look at them with uh, nuance and complexity instead of um, Mm -hmm. expecting, uh, you know, everything to be (laughs) great or bad, period, with no no uh, middle ground sometimes or no no diversity in that. So I want to get into that. But the thing I really want to start with is uh, just disagreeing with what he is saying. Mm-hmm. um he is he is speaking as a producer he is speaking as a is a is a team captain of his side he is speaking with spin to mm-hmm. try to go it's 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 not us we're just, oh we're, we're, we're the producers are just struggling to keep this uh frail business alive um <laughs> and it's it's the all the these actors and writers who just aren't realistic mm-hmm. um yeah.
6: mm-hmm.
1: and my strong opinion is this is an emperor has no clothes situation, but the story is, it is the emperor got paid twenty seven million dollars this year, and we all bleep and saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the heart of what this I- is for me. What he is saying sounds very reasonable, and a lot of the negotiations will come down to it. Of yes, at the end of the day. Uh, these, these increases should happen on residuals. But now let's fuss back and forth about the exact number. Uh, That stuff is negotiation. To me, that stuff is reasonable. But the, let's just all pretend that there isn't millions and millions and billions of dollars to be more fairly distributed is ridiculous. It is the emperor has new clothes. It's expecting us to watch the uppermost class, the most powerful class, the class with the most money, and just pretend that they don't have a crushing amount of <laughs> money. Mm-hmm. It, 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 Denver got paid $27 million and we all saw it, but we're not supposed to, uh, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. I picture a little kid watching this interview, a little four-year-old going, and then the
5: brave four-year-old said,
6: didn't he make $27 <laughs> million? <dollars?"> <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. Uh, great opening statement there. I, I uh, want to get into it there, Jen, but I want to um, uh, bring you in on, on the state on this statement. That, I, that Here's what I'll say before I pitch it to you, Jen. Uh, Joseph, you touched upon it. Yeah, uh, you, you will find that the very truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. <laughs>
6: there,
5: there's things in this statement that I'm like, yeah, 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 no, no, the, the industry... Uh, has changed. The industry's going through drastic changes. The the days of 24 episodes of sitcoms that go into syndication don't exist. You might have to ask why that doesn't exist. So that this is all going forward and this is all disruptive. Yeah, yeah, I can say that's true. As you are uh, at your billionaire uh, uh, weekend camp
6: mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> uh, flying up there. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it rings hollow to me. Um, so Jen, I'll, I'll let you take over there before I uh, get on a bullhorn.
4: Yeah, I actually stayed up late watching all of the clips that they had from this CNBC interview. Uh, it it's a business interview, so the majority of the talk is about the business, and he talks about some of the failures of Pixar – um, some, what they're going to do with maybe like ABC, the network ABC, what they might do with FX, right? How they, d- they're not sure if it fits with the Disney brand anymore. It's costing them a lot of money. There's been a lot of turnover. He's constantly talking about cutting costs in that, in that interview, how they're going to try and be more strategic. He also mentions, uh, which got a lot of uh, press, scaling back on Marvel, scaling back on Star Wars for the cost reasons and also to prevent the kind of oversaturation that he feels has kind of maybe quote-unquote watered down the brand, right? Mm -hmm. So I was kind of – I'm like, oh, yeah, he seems very honest. He's a very charming uh, CEO, Mm -hmm. but – Like you guys said, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy is making millions and millions of dollars. And yes, I know that streaming has upended our industry because they used to make a lot of money with DVD sales and home rentals, right? So we're, yeah, we're, they're losing money, but they're still finding the money to pay for these executives. Uh, And I actually saw somebody in the Hollywood Reporter Talk about how one way that we can make this work and bridge the gap is to have all the top executives and the highest paid actors to kind of take pay cuts, to mm-hmm. narrow the gap the between cap. their salaries and their lower – I'm sorry?
5: Barry Diller said it, yeah. That. Barry
4: Diller. That's right. Barry Diller said that, and that makes a lot of sense to me because I think in the 80s, the executives only made like 30 times as much as the highest paid actor, and now it's like mm-hmm. Four hundred times. It's it's or the average no, it's, actor. It's, it's,
5: yeah, it's it's the rate is thirty times their lowest paid employee. That's it, it. That's I mean, it. General that's general it. Thank you. That. Yeah. Now it's four hundred times.
4: Four hundred mm-hmm. times. And, and the so, lowest paid
5: employee, and exactly going to smokehouse every
4: weekend. Ex- no. Right. Right. Exactly. So, like you, like you guys said, the emperor has no clothes and they just want for us to forget. And I, for a moment he, I was like, yeah, he's right. They have been losing money. And I'm like, wow, well, wait a minute. Yeah,
5: no, there's a truth. There, there's truth. Look, there's a reason this guy, there's a reason Bob Chapik was fired at an Elton John concert. And this guy's brought back. Right. I, I, I totally, get um, <laughs> right. totally get it. And I'll say it, I, I've read, I read Iger's book and I said it before I'll say it again, I, there's a lot of things in there I liked. All right. Mm-hmm. but, but it's gone beyond that. It, it, it is, it is, um, uh, it, it's, it, it, joseph you keep saying it. it, it I, I'm I, I don't tell you what, I don't care. I don't need him to make one cent less than he, I don't care. I can't fathom what he's making anyways. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I just go borrow money this weekend to live. I, I can't, I I'm not there. Go do what you, I don't know what your daily life is. I don't know if you have time to get coffee or you're just working 24 hours a day. I don't know. I don't care. It's just, it's all part of this, this, This this uh, uh, myth that I've been kind of obsessed with lately, Uh, because I've had to live under that of of, of, uh, the good old free market will lead you to glory, and I wish that was true. Like you said earlier, Joseph, I wish it was true. It's not true, and has never been true. And this is not.
1: Yeah, sorry. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's not. It's not physically possible for Bob Iger to work four hundred times harder than a janitor at Disneyland.
4: Yeah, that's right. That's
5: right. Yeah. you know, I, I like I'm not a, and a lot of be, a lot of people are justifiably dragging him for his yacht. I don't want him to, to give up to sink his yacht. And I don't want to, and I don't want I don't want the fight to be about me just being angry that I don't have a yacht. Uh, I don't want that either. But it's just it's the, the every word rings hollow when you actually do this. And, and I'll, I'll pitch it back to you, Joseph or Jen. I think this is a Star Wars lesson, and I hope this doesn't come off as me trying with one last shred of did, uh, did, uh, you know, decency to defend a CEO I've been positive about in the past. But I think this is also a prime example. Uh, there was a recent show about Boba Fett about this. A, a leader can get so – can start in a good spot. A leader can work their way up. A leader can can, can, can have good intentions but be so high up on on the platform, whether they they, they have an attitude about it or not, but they're so high up that their feet are not on the ground. And, and the lessons of, 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 of a former bounty hunter turned Daimyo in a town, in a space mm-hmm. town, going, no, I need to walk around. And then even mm-hmm. then having to hear, what jobs, oh, mighty Daimyo, what jobs do you think we can get? We can't survive. And whether you mean to or not, power can separate. Mm-hmm. Power, mm-hmm. power can separate. I, I, I don't know how he wakes up in the morning, Mr. Iger. I, I don't know what's in his heart. I like his smile, but I don't know what's there. But this is an example to me of someone who's like, yeah, yeah, it's disruptive. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, you know, made $400 last year as an actor. And, and by the way, these, these, these artists, whether, you know, you, you think uh, the artists are valuable or not, they're also working six other jobs.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: And, and a lot of jobs that they love, by the way. I've watched my partner struggle and work 12 to 13 hours a day on a job she loves while also pursuing a craft she loves. Uh, I've loved, I've lived that. Joseph, you've lived that. Jen lived that. So mm-hmm. People listen. And it, and it's no different than someone who has to take an extra shift at Walmart to supplement their, 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 their job at the office. Because we're all struggling through this, and it's only getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And so his comment, that's the the big danger to these comments for me. There's a lot of business stuff, there's a lot of realities. Yes, it's changed. Again, I want to ask why some of it's changed. I'm a fan of streaming, but then the cut it off, cut off properties for tax reasons, physical memory disappears. Oh. Ugh. Digital's not being paid. You need to ask the why. We always say Star Wars wants you to ask why. Life wants you to ask why. Uh, but at the end of the day, for me, it rings hollow because it is so disconnected from those on the ground, and that's where it mm-hmm. I,
1: Great job bringing it back to Boba Fett. I and I really, <laughs> I, but I agree with you. But that's I don't you don't want
5: to the book of Boba Fett. But I think it had a great theme.
1: But yeah, but but it is. It's it's a it's about. Uh, the, you know, uh, the North appeal, the, the water monger thinks that power is there uh, to make sure that he makes the most money. And mm-hmm. he's shocked when Boba Fett walks in and says, uh, well, letter of the law, spirit of the law, spirit of the law is you're, the, these people deserve water and they're working hard and they're trying to pay you for it and you're squeezing them. So, you know, no. Yeah. Uh, and North appeal can't believe it because uh, that's not the system he's used to. So I think you're, you're right. Let's all learn the lesson of <laughs> worth a peel water <laughs> um, yeah i, I, I want to throw this in here quickly because you touched on it ken mm-hmm. um when he's saying like we've been in such a disruptive time mm-hmm. yes there are some things about that that are sort of can't be controlled Co- covid couldn't be controlled yeah mm-hmm. but then it also feels disingenuous of i i like streaming i like the, that that I, I can watch any star wars uh, mm-hmm. and any any Marvel at the touch of a button, and I'm more than happy to pay for that service, and I like that that service exists. But the disruption to the market and the way it works and the kind of films that can be profitable, uh that didn't happen. That didn't fall out of the sky or burst from the mm-hmm. earth. People right. like Bob Iger created that disruption out of a hungry, mm-hmm. hungry hippo attitude. Uh, mm-hmm. and And mm-hmm. they they need to take responsibility for uh, re-steering re- the ship on that disruption, which I think Iger sometimes does to his, to his uh, defense, I guess, to, to his agreement with saying, like, yep, we overdid it on Marvel and it had a negative impact and we're going to try to course correct and steer the ship, re-steer the ship. And I think that's why I sometimes enjoy uh, listening to him talk because he's willing to say those kind of things. He makes them very political uh, and very safe. Uh, I mean that political in terms of, you know, just uh, the, the general term of, of political. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Um, but the way he's talking about this, these disruptions, like they weren't at least partially caused by the producers
6: mm-hmm.
1: seeing, seeing the shiny of streaming and and grabbing at it without thinking about the consequences.
5: Yeah. 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 And I, it's important to analyze it, even though like on, 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 um, like the, I had a discussion this weekend with a with a, an old friend. Like uh, he's he posted a thing of like you know you got uh, Iger, but essentially Disney might be selling off ESPN, ABC, and and my friend right. was see go woke go broke, and I was like f That's you, fun. man. That ain't the case. <laughs> When's the last time you turned on ESPN? When's the last time right. you turned on ABC? People don't do that anymore. Just like I haven't bought a CD in 15 years. The industry's changed. That's reality. Eh, so that ain't the truth. But the other the other side, <laughs> like to your point, Joseph, ain't the truth either. Of what this, this, this is very disruptive. <laughs> and now you're gonna stop working. That's gonna hurt us. Um, you know, because it's 27 million before bonuses. Uh so yeah, it it it's um the business of it can get get uh, convoluted or layered or nuanced, but this statement um, I thought was, um, I mean, disappointment doesn't even cover it.
6: Yeah.
5: yeah. Oh my, yeah. I, I, can I actually, I'll be really extra honest about it. As someone who has said, I don't know, I like his book. Uh, I like his sweaters. Um, when I saw and heard and saw the words come out of his mouth, I was I was stunned someone who has been generally good at putting the best face forward said something just so clueless and hurtful. Uh, and I think it goes back to the power thing, but mm. yeah, no, I, I, yeah. go for it, Jennifer.
4: No, I think like you guys have been saying, putting people on pedestals is something that I've had to learn because I really admire so many of these of these people. And not to say that, like, you know, well, yeah, yeah, they have let me down. (laughs) He did let me down. I was disappointed. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, these are corporations. They are Businesses. They care about their business. And as much as they try and make people feel a lot of times their employees like they're family, right? We're a family we're, and we're going to work you, overwork you, and underpay you. It's just kind of like it's manipulative and they'll replace you in a second. And so we have to approach these things critically and I will no longer, um, I don't know. I don't want to say that we're not going to promote IgerCon cause that was always a fun thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just look I at them want,
5: I, I want to own it too. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jen, I cut you off. I apologize. Yeah, no, no, um, no,
4: that's it. That's it.
5: I want to own it too, because you know, we, we have been positive and, I, and there's no way I'm going to let anyone out there say we're denying that. Um, no, no, but that's part of what I want to honestly discuss today. Um, yeah, I just wanted- yeah
4: Bob, Bob, Bob. I liked him. What are you yeah. saying,
1: Bob? <laughs> we, we we promoted Igercon because it, it, as a joke, because that's that's where he was making the announcements instead of at Comic Cons and events at El Capitan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, and then it, it it does elevate him, you know, uh, mm-hmm. by making it Igercon. But it, it was about the announcement. Um, yeah. it, and for me, like, yeah, uh, I I I think people contain multitudes. I think it's something that we all. Yes. no, no that that many of us know from relationships where you you have a friend or like eighty seven percent we are so simpatico, there's thirteen percent we can't talk about like there's, <laughs> right. there's nuance and complexity in our relationships. I think Bob Iger is a fascinating, interesting personality. He's had a fascinating life. I loved his book. I bought it for my father in law. I might read it again someday. I think he's made some good decisions both creatively and in in my uh, opinion, uh, when you look at art as having great value that might be financial but is also valuable to the soul and to helping society move forward, uh, he, he, he got he, he pushed people out in Marvel who are making bad decisions and pushed and and supported artists to create more diversity. You know, he made the decision to say, we should lean into Black Panther. We should lean into Captain Marvel. Those are good decisions. And in my opinion, and I always think that, uh, he's the person who gave the green light to Twin Peaks and then destroyed it and then wrote in his book, maybe I should have listened to David Lynch. Uh, that's there's, there's complexity. I don't need him to be Mm -hmm. a, a good guy or a bad guy. To me, what he is, is an extremely powerful person who I have sometimes really uh, enjoyed and been fascinated by because I think he's shown a deafness at saying, I am a business person and I'm good at the brutal cutthroat reality of business. And I know that my bottom line is the stockholders and the board. And I know how to make them happy while also realizing that what I'm selling, what Disney is selling is magic and mm. storytelling, and how art can truly affect your life. And I think he's somebody who's been able to hold the the contrasting reality of, the, of the, the brutalness of business, and the magic of art. And I will always be interested in his ability to balance this. And in this particular instance, to me, uh, he just came out playing his role with his producer hat, and just spun it and did his his talking points and mm-hmm. it's not and that's not a moment i can admire or agree with
5: <laughs> with purple mad, mountains majesty behind him with her, <laughs> you know, uh. party, it just it, it ain't a good look bob ain't a good look and, and, it, it, and, not great yeah. bob not great, not great but <laughs> uh uh he is someone who has a good reputation with some creators maybe not all um there is some stories i, I Take what it's worth. he's one that said we must hire lord Miller and that didn't work out he, he's done a lot of things and that's the way it's going to be but this is also the world we we live in like I, I have a friend um um just something he he is still upset that I even I, I take gigs at comedy clubs and I'm like man I, I wish I couldn't because you know there's a lot of stuff goes on at comedy clubs that, that I, you know is a it great it's a complication but complicated issue blah, blah blah but I'm like I can't do your show in the back of a store once a year and make have a career I can't I can to go deal with the gray area over here uh, or else I just don't pursue this. And, and we're on the opposite sides of that often and, and discuss it sometimes. Um, and, 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 and you can't, you can't tell the, this art that's going to be felt by the masses without some of these companies. Um, otherwise, you know, you, you'll be lost in the wilderness. It's just unfortunately where we're at. So uh, people like him are reality. Uh, the power is reality, but it, we should fight that power when it's continuing to stamp. Uh, the, the feet of the workers Not just the artists The Starbucks employees The UPS drivers um, All those kind of situations You mm-hmm. all know You all know I think
6: mm-hmm.
5: Now preaching to the choir and we're all <laughs> Singing um, All right I think we discussed Lessons to learn from this <laughs> 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 we talked about uh, our involvement as uh, professional entertainers uh, uh, and i don't use that term as any kind of um, in, a, in a smug sense but this is our reality we pay our bills for so this stuff uh we have to step carefully and cautiously uh, for all three of us uh, together and us as individuals so this is uh, it's uh, it was wild times wild weird times uh jen right
4: yes <laughs> uh, yes wild times i've been through so many a, a few strikes since becoming an actor and each time it really does take a long time to recover <sighs> yep. so yeah it's frustrating
5: yep 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 but uh we'll get there all right uh any final thoughts on this we want to swing through a, maybe a positive story to end on but uh, joseph i'll let you uh f- pick up any pieces that we might have left
1: No, I I think what I just want to underline what you were saying at the end, Ken, because I I think it comes up often when talking about uh, something like Star Wars that we find so much beauty in that that helps people in so many ways in their lives from just giving them a break and entertaining them to getting them through incredibly uh, difficult times. But the reality that it is a massive uh, corporation. Who is making it and Mm -hmm. that is you just have in my opinion you just have to accept that reality it's show business Mm -hmm. and there's the show and the business always and if you do want to just have art as pure as possible no one no one can stop you from from drawing and singing a song and showing it to people but if that art is going to reach and affect a large volume of people business is always going to be attached to it and i think that's Really, the the what we're dancing with here, and and, and mm. what this Iger statement is about, mm-hmm. yeah,
6: mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm, and yep, and it, that, it's been there my I, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I remember during during some of the be- major league baseball uh strikes, but particularly the 1994, when I was on the side of the of the players, and even though they were making a lot of money, but I, I had a lot of friends, to old timers, oh, back in the day, they played it for the love of the game. I'm like. Baseball began in the 1860s. Labor problems in baseball began in the 1860s. Some of the first strikes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
6: Right. And here,
5: this is the nature of it. It is a business, while also being entertainment, and it's about power. Everything kind of boils down. I don't know to power and what you do. Um, all right. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to swing through this and we're gonna swing through this uh, 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 carefully, as we said uh, before. Uh, uh, last week, uh, the shows Andor, Mandalorian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Light and Magic received 23 nominations for the 75th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards. Uh, we did want to talk about it with, uh, with threading that needle, but the, the, hi- the thing to highlight, um, and I'll start with you, Joseph, though, is that this kind of drives home kind of what we're talking about. Twenty-three Emmy nominations is probably something you'll say to your stockholders: "Is a hey, ain't that good, mm-hmm. and ain't that a thing to celebrate, and ain't that a thing to get us more money, and ain't that a thing to keep going with this?" But it was, uh, you know, some of it is outstanding drama series, outstanding limited anthology series, and many other post-production technical VFX editing kind of awards. The entire gamut of people, writers, directors, actors, uh, below the line, above the line, doesn't matter. All the people working the show receive some kind of nominations. Uh, and that's kind of what this is all about. So just we wanted to highlight it. We're happy as fans. Also, think it just kind of uh, flows into what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, because it, to to be perfectly honest, Ken had written up some of our kind of fun standard questions about you know what, what are our favorite uh, you know uh, nominations that we want to talk about or anything like that, and and then we had to look at like well uh, these kinds of awards are are often a feather in the cap of the company and is is discussing this you know really celebrating and, and promoting a, a struck company. But then when we we're talking about it, it's like, but this is the heart of it because these are awards uh, or nominations for, for potential awards uh, that are celebrating the labor, the creative work, the soul of artists from, yeah, writing, directing, costumes, editing, stunt, all down along the line. So we want to take a moment to just celebrate the work done by all of the people who are uh, asking to be treated fairly.
5: Yeah, absolutely, Jen.
4: Uh, I've, <laughs> it's like it's like we're playing a game. And can I uh, can I say this word? Can I not say this word? Um,
5: Just replace <laughs> the word Emmy with oranges. Um, <laughs> Kenobi with wizard.
4: Right, right. I mean, I, I, you know what I thought of? I thought of like George Lucas and how he was nominated for Best Director, I don't know if I might be waiting into dark Waters here, nominated for Best Director in 1978, and he did not win. Mm-hmm. But, like, his movie won for a lot of other things. And I think about that, and I think about the picture of him with his wife, Marsha, who she's probably holding her Academy Award for editing, and he's, he kind of has a funny look on his face, and maybe I was reading into it. But anyways, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like Star <laughs> Star Wars has not gotten a lot of mainstream attention at awards except for like the technical achievements. Mm -hmm. Um, So to see them recognized in this big way, I was like, yay. And I was looking forward to seeing, um, you know, the whole cast together of Andor or or seeing Ewan McGregor uh, presenting with, uh, you know, Vivian Lyra Lyra Mm. Blair on stage. Moments like that would have been it would have felt like justice for George and justice kind of for us as fans because uh, sometimes I'll get people who are like, oh, you're you're into Star Wars, like that thing, that kid thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this could be an Emmy award-winning show. <laughs> 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 you know? But, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I guess that's all I'll say because I might have already –
5: Nah, you, yeah, uh, I'll say I forced you in And they can, things uh, and arrows can come at me um, no, Wonderful there Yeah, uh, that's our thoughts on that And uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> the Primetime Emmy Awards. Something I haven't watched in about 20 years Because the end yeah. has yeah. changed um, <laughs> There you go, there you go Alright, we are uh, out of here today We want to thank you all uh, And I don't want to speak for Joseph or Jennifer But just uh, thank you all for, uh, as always uh, Giving us a wiggle room to figure things out To be honest, to be open to step forward, to analyze our steps we've made in the past, uh, and, and to do what's best uh, 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 in the moment, and we'll adjust as needed. So, um, yeah, that's my final thought on that. John, I'll let you all say anything final too. That seems fair. Uh, so,
1: I think for me, just yeah, we'll, 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 we will. We uh, will. More to come. We will remain figuring out what we're doing. And thank you for everyone uh, for your patience.
5: Jen, uh, final safe thoughts from you.
4: Yeah, no, thank you all for your patience. I agree. And uh, stay tuned as Things unfold and we uh, I hear back from my sag rep.
6: <laughs>
5: there you go. Well, we're checking out for this week. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We are on threads at Four Center Pod as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube over there uh, where uh, Jen's Jedi Beat will eventually be. Podcast available on a lot of spots. Just search or find us merch available at slash user slash Four Center. If you want to support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center, we'd appreciate that. You can follow me at had across all uh, social media platforms, including Blue Sky Hive and Threads, if you want. Them. Uh, updates, I got a show uh, in Burbank uh, Wednesday night at, at Flappers, speaking of comedy clubs and American Comedy Club down in San Diego. If you're down there for Comic-Con, um, make sure you, number one, don't cosplay. And two, you can come see a comedy show. Uh, Mark Ellison and Friends, uh, July 20th, 8 p.m. Tickets information is on my website. Uh, Jen, what can they follow you?
4: You can find me on all the social media platforms at Jennifer Landa. Uh, I think I'm going to do the Nubs toy review because it's a toy. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to maybe do some some sketches that are not Star Wars related. Um, And lastly, if you'd like to help during the strike, uh, the WGA and SAG are not calling for a boycott. We can still watch the things. We just can't publicly promote it. Um, But you can also donate to the Entertainment Community Fund, which will go right to work in supporting programs at... um, um, will help uh, pre- performing arts and entertainment workers uh, over the course of their life. So that can mm-hmm. be a great way to s- show your support.
5: It's a great way to su- show the support. And, and, and I'll say this. Uh, um, um, yeah. That, that, the actor what used to be called the actors fun uh, is, is, yes. is a great uh, thing from SAG. And, and even sometimes I can get uh, personally critical of some, some, some stuff. Um, it has been a great help and that is a great way to support. Um, so I'll just say that there, uh, Joseph, uh, where can they find and follow you?
1: yeah I, I agree with that recommendation of support which you can also find um on various uh, websites googling for it um uh, for myself you can find me on all the social medias at joseph scrimshaw can i liked your list of twitter alternatives that sounded like some <laughs> old time <laughs> disease from the <laughs> 1800s when you string them all together i got blue sky hive and thread oh the, like that's like <laughs> foot and mouth right when you have blue sky hive and thread <laughs> um but i have blue sky hive and thread so uh, Come find me there at Josephs Grimshaw. Um, I believe I can promote this. It includes a SAG actor, but uh, I'm an independent producer, so it. I don't think it would. It, well, it would if he was yeah. if he was trying to shoot it now. It would be struck work. I I'm yeah. really trying. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <You> the <do. laughs> short film I made with uh, Phil Lamar a little while back is uh, is premiering at a festival in Portland. In August, it is the Portland Festival of Cinema, Animation, and Technology. So if you're in the Portland area and want to check it out, the schedule, uh, the website is
5: pdxfestofcinema.com. There you go. All right, my friends, that is it. That is it this week. So for all of you out there fighting for what's right, we're with you and we'll talk to you later here on Force Center.